Welcome to Let's Drone Out, the original and best drone theme podcast. We record the show live on the Thursday night on youtube.com forward slash Let's Drone Out and our lovely patrons help with the editing costs. These are Wacky Wes, Mikey Dread, Art Faulkner, Carlos Campos. Thank you. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Drone Out, or what's left of it. Uh, <laughs> tonight we are joined by Andrew slash Frank. Good evening. Uh, my buddy, my emergency life flotation <laughs> ring, <laughs> Pink360. Hello, evening. And I'm Bright Until I Fly, and uh, summer's here, people. Yeah, is it, is it warm enough for everybody? Because because I'm sweating cobs in here at the moment. So apologies if I look very shiny. I've got a nice sea breeze, but the only thing is that breeze is hot. I might as well <laughs> I might as well put my fan in my oven and I have it blow on to it. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I was you know I've been fine all day, and then I left the nice air conditioned office, and then it's it's you know nearly killed me walking home. But there we go. You have Real. got an aircon unit in the corner know, there, Frank. It's noisy. It doesn't have a low fan setting, so. And while it's going across the bottom, for anyone listening to audio, any views expressed by any guests on this show are personal and may not affect or reflect the views of others. So anything we say, it's uh, it's not the show that you see. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We've done the legal stuff. Although, to be fair, with only three of us on the show. <laughs> I, I'm not actually, you know what? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that because that, that <laughs> is tempting you, fate. That's tempting to, fate, that is. Let's not two, do that. You are very well behaved normally. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, well, only when the cameras are on. When Yeah, when we're off air, it's a different matter. I think um, I caught a glimpse of Mrs. Painless just walking past. What about, oh no, hang on, to the other side, about that, there. About yeah. there, yeah. yeah. About there. Wow. She That's does it. exist. She does exist. Actually, it's a little cardboard cutout on a train track. You'll see her come back in about two minutes. <laughs> a little Argy Rover going past. <laughs> yeah we'll be doing that next rg rover i've been getting questions about that uh while we are only a small but perfectly formed group of three this evening uh all of you in the chat hello to everybody uh we have got a list of things we're going to talk about uh there has actually been some planning this evening but we do uh have a chance tonight with a slightly smaller group to answer questions and talk about topics that you're interested in so if you in the chat have something that you're interested in a topic a problem a question something you want us to kind of comment on or discuss on the show it's a great opportunity tonight with less of us to kind of pop that in and we'll try and cover as much of those as we can as well as get through all the things that we were going to have a chat about tonight so pop your question if you're in the live chat and we'll try and keep track of those and pick them up as we go along. So who's been flying this week? Not me. Yeah. No. Frank? No. 
Are you are you still are you still in work at the moment, Frank? Then that sounds like yes. you are. Yeah, still been working, uh, and not the weekend, but uh, I I still got to fix that wing, and uh, it just sat there on the floor with me looking at it occasionally, going ah, oh, oh, just knowing that whatever I open up and find in there, it's it's going to be painful to fix. He, he was asking me a very interesting question. He goes, which ESC protocol doesn't have PWM? Is it BRHeliS, <laughs> uh, heli 32 <laughs> And what was the other question? Which is the full flight controller thing? He's made a little... Oh, uh, between the FR Sky receivers, the XSR or the XM Plus, which one was it that has the full range and which one is it that is the kind of cut they're down both, range. They're both full range, allegedly, but the X, the XM Plus doesn't have telemetry. Ah, uh, that was it. Because of the one antenna. Mm. Uh, no, no, the XM Plus has two antennas. The XM or the X, whatever it was, had the one. Oh, uh, yes, that was it. That was it. Because, you know, and now we've got all the Archer receivers, of course. So, um, so yeah. Archer receivers? Yeah, that you know, the, the access? that's all the new access. So that's the new stuff. Mm. I've got a video mm. coming out. So, um, and sadly, I, I was speaking to Free Sky because they they sent me one of the Archer receivers to have a play with, um, and it runs like an access is actually a really good idea because it has lots of things. None of it is new, by the way, but it has lots of cool ideas like over the air updates, <gasps> the ability to, <laughs> yeah, because because fire. Hasn't been doing, yeah, absolutely. Get the pitchforks, but um, the ability to have multiple radios bounce one receiver, multiple receivers bounce one radio, uh, lower latency, blah blah blah. There's a whole list of stuff, right? So the new Archer receivers have come out, which are access only. Some of the older receivers, like the RXSR and things like that, could do AWCST and access. Um, and they sent me a new one of the Archer receivers to play with, and it's very nice. But I kind of said, so what does this mean for AWCST X-series receivers? And they kind of went, oh, we're not developing them anymore. I was like, great. So so the fact I've got like 30 or 40 X-series receivers of varying size shapes, you know, XM pluses, X4Rs, if you remember them, X8Rs, more than I can shake a stick at. Um, it's a good job I've got so many. Because I think mm. once I've used all those up, I'll be using something else. Yeah. Although, Is that the thing, then? so with, if you've got an access radio, if you've got the new an F, a new FR Sky radio, it's access. Yes, that comes with, well. They come with D sixteen AWCST and access. They come with both. Oh. So you okay. can you can flip between the two, um, and then if you go into the access menu, you'll notice there's these things called I think it's like register. So you have to register it first, to, and then you bind to it. So the, the way that binding works is different. But oh, is that because you can have the different options of it being a master or a slave in a kind of Yeah, and, it, and it's not because the way WCST works is is the bind kind of ID that the receiver has is uh, part of it is the radio, unique radio ID, and the other half is the model number. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why you have to rebind it because every radio has its own ID. So you can't however uh, the multi-protocol boys are playing with the cloning function. So you can you can actually make one radio, pretend it's another radio, so that you can do that anyway. Ah. So 
there's a lot of stuff going on. But long story short, yeah, the the the, the X series receivers is dead. I, I should have been wearing a black armband for that. Long I've live the fighting. X series. Long live the X series. <laughs> uh, access is a fad because uh, I've been flying the X series for four odd years, and just they're just bloody great little receivers. They, they, that they, was they, a- the reason I was asking Jack about w- which one of it is the the good one, essentially, was the question. Um, it's because as as a guy way up at the other end of this building, um, just a long, low rise apartment building, and uh, I'd like months ago heard some noise out the window that I was like, "Ah, oh, that sounds like a drone." Ah, oh, got drones in the brain. It must be like an electric scooter or something. I looked out, and there uh, it's like a Tiny Hawk flying outside my window. Ah, I got the fat sharks out, took some DVR, put it up on the local Facebook groups, being like, is this anyone? Hello? I'm, I'm yeah. here. Uh, and, and got in touch with him that way. And um, But he's, he's fairly new to it. Um, and he was he was struggling. He can get more than, you know, 10, 15 meters away from him before his, his quad was falling out of the sky. But he was on... Um, it was. It wasn't even a Fly Sky radio. I think it was, but it was some kind of almost like a knockoff of a Fly Sky radio. It's, it's something really dirt cheap and just wasn't very good. Um, and I just said, you know, here you go, get a jumper, you'll be all right. His and, and so he's and that's you know multi protocol is bound with his receivers and that's that's all worked fine and he can now fly perfectly fine. And he's all right with it and solved his his range anxiety um but then he's looking to get a a wing uh and so i've i've sent him some of some of your videos of quad to uh wing pilot and mini ar wing and all that kind of stuff um here you go this is what you need to to watch to Mm. to answer your questions um but he was kind of like what's the best receiver for because he'd made a little list of all the the parts he was going to need and uh, for for this radio what's the best receiver to use and i was like i i've used i would stick with the fr sky ones and i use the x4 rsb for you know when i'm using uh pwm ones or i would use the xsr for the s bus yeah, I, I I did the same. The the thing is, for a wing, you just need the SBUS output, and as long as it's got two antennas that you can put, you know, kind of for, at ninety degrees to give you some um, antenna alignment as you bank and roll around. Uh, I I tend to use those little XM pluses. Somebody in the in the in the chat actually said a really good thing, which I, I where are you about the fact that the XM pluses. Um, the later some of the firmwares, I think auxiliary channel twelve is your is your um, RSSI. So you just set your RSSI mm-hmm. channel in beta flight to that, and it just it's a nice cute thing. You don't get the telemetry back, so I'll I'll use one with telemetry if I'm using INAV because I tend to like having the lower scripts that have the artificial horizon and the number of satellites and battery status and all that jazz. Um, I know my mates always impressed because I've got a little. Um, ZOHD Dart that's got the Brain FPV stuff in it running INAV. And the telemetry comes down over a XSR, I think it might be. I think it might be that in it, over smart port. And it's got the Lewis script on it. And my radio, when I plug it in, it tells me, you know, that um, 3D lock, 3D home 
uh, achieved. And then when you when you throw it, it then also says, you know, 90% battery remaining. It kind of counts it out as you're flying. Um, and he just thinks that is science fiction. <laughs> You know that you can you can move the plane on your little screen and on the on the the color screens on the you know things like the jumper and the radio master stuff it just looks looks like a proper looks like the bottom half of the old flight simulators on the yeah. PC back in the eighties you know that with the artificial horizon all your numbers it looks fantastic. I mean, it's, it's always great when you kind of introduce like an old school fixed wing pilot to you know OpenTX and they're like but which which one is is the throttle. And it's like you can pick, you can make a choice. It doesn't tell you. You you can decide whatever you want. It's like oh, I don't witchcraft. Understand. Yeah, kill it with fire. Like you can yeah. you can mix these, and you can have switches doing all this stuff. And they're just like, that's <laughs> surely yeah. you need other boards to do that. No, it's, it's no, no. All it's just all in there. It's just people being really clever. A uh, quick supplementary question about receivers. Robin asked. Are the Archer receivers going to work with all my old FreeSky stuff? Uh, sadly, not an awful lot of the older radios, including my beloved Tyrannus, uh, long may he reign, uh, that's five years old, is not upgradable. It will not support um, uh, the new protocol for access. Um, so unfortunately, to support access, I've got to use one of the newer radios. Lots and lots of the old receivers are not access capable either. So uh, you'll note that the, the, the last couple that the, of years they've been bringing out, they've been trying to build it in. But if you've been flying Free Sky for a long time, like I have, like a lot of us have, we'll have lots of kit that isn't access capable. Uh, and that's a bit of a shame. So yeah, be, be aware of that. Um, for new pilots coming in, I think going straight to access would be great. Just like those of us who joined just as, remember the D series was coming to an end and the X series started and we went to D16. Mm. And then that became, the. St I'm sure our, the, the new protocols will be the same for new pilots. It's just for well, people like me, it's heartbreaking. But that was kind of a, a problem is, because um, you're buying all, all this kit from Unmanned Tech, I think it was. And um he, he uh, you know, said, ah, so one of these receivers, and then looked at it, and it's an XSR, but it's uh, Access XSR. It's like, ah, no, you're going to have to, like, you, that's, that's not the one you want. But that's the one that's in stock, so in, you're going to need to flash it, but it's a jumper, so it's not got an S port on there. So I don't know how that's going to, how you're going to flash, uh, can you flash a you get, the little USB. you get the little you're USB. You get the little USB adapter. An FPDI, I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Um, yeah. It's yeah, probably not slick. Yeah. It's um, it's that special. Yeah. They made like a little mini USB one, and it's got like a diode in it for some reason, and the signals backwards. Also, a question that I had was if you remember, you know the uh, ACC STD16 firmware. They updated yeah. it. And um, it's it won't, you know, it won't work with the old. Please update the firmware of all your radios, RF modules, and receivers accordingly. But um, they've hidden the thing. It's like a history firmware download, not compatible with V two point XX. So it is still available on the Free Sky um, website. What 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 shall I? Uh, is it the F? Port uh, USB. Oh, Peter Hopefully Marshall just it. said uh, 
He just did the upgrade on his Horus X10S to support access, and that's not for the faint-hearted because it needed <laughs> desoldering things, adding resistors in, all sorts. Blimey, Sounds Charlie. A bit grim. Yeah. Oh, my God, really? To, to update a radio to be able to buy new receivers, that seems... I, mean, it, I guess they're yeah. trying to make it more work than buying a new radio, I guess. But if I'm going to buy a new radio, I'm going to second guess buying an FR Sky radio at the moment, to be honest. But there we go. Well, it, it, lots of people in the chat are talking about Crossfire. And if you're mm. a Crossfire pilot, then you're not going to buy FreeSky because FreeSky still aren't putting in the full-speed inverters in their radios. Uh, they're using the slower chip. And in fact, speaking to Trappy yesterday... The new X10 that they've just, the new updated latest version of the X10, they have again put in the slower inverter so you can't run CRSF at full speed. Cool. Why, why would you do that? Why would you do that? However, the jumper and the radio master both have the, the full speed inverter, so and they both support crossfire at full tilt because uh, the chip is five cents it's more expensive. It's not about the price of the chip. It's a it's a it's a decision. Uh, it sounds like they're making, and it's just it's such a shame because I love Free Sky, and I just wish they'd give us a radio that we want. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it is a difficult thing because like all the all these things do take a fair as Trappies are going to be the first to say. It takes a lot of investment to get this sort of stuff like a protocol like the hardware that the chips we know the boards the the actual assembly the finished units all this stuff takes a lot of investment to get going um and it's a difficult thing to build a business model around all of that kind of stuff but you know there's there's different ways of going about it so you know there was the the spectrum kind of deal is that you know they've they've actively i'm pretty sure actively aimed their whole ecosystem to be around we'll have these radios but then try and get as many bind and flies going as possible like in terms of foamies and kits and all that kind of thing like dsm2 gsmx is everywhere um so that must be like a thing that they've they've pushed because they know if people want to have a nice easy way into a lot of these models they're going to want to use Spectrum that way. So I would imagine they probably make their money on licensing probably uh, the protocol and also selling the radios, I imagine, is roughly where they're going. And then you've got, you know, the TBS. I imagine probably the more money is made on selling the receivers, I would imagine, which is why they're... You know, you don't see too many licensed Crossfire receivers. That's not really a thing. Um, no, the thing is with Crossfire is, is Crossfire is both the hardware and the software. And mm. although you can rip the hardware off on an M, then you, uh, in terms of the software side, that's a little bit more interesting. So uh, it, it's it's the two parts together. Um, interestingly, I think Winter Blue on here, um, hello to James, he's saying that Horizon Hobby and Spectrum are the same, or sister companies, mm. um, which it's um, it's a shame that something like that doesn't exist for some of these other protocols. Because my mate, when he, when, I, when he first started getting into the hobby, 
uh, with the modern stuff. I went over to fly with him, and he literally had uh, a three or four Horizon hobby planes, all with a safe technology in. Do you remember mm-hmm. that stuff? That, yeah. And uh, they all came with a little placky radio. So he had like a radio for each of them with the double A batteries. You know, he must have been, <laughs> he must have been keeping Duracell alive. Um, so every, whatever, and then I kind of had a look at it and went, no, this is nuts. Hang on a minute. We'll get you a, well, back then it was an orange radio from Hobby King, the DSM capable ones. Oh, one. word. And we actually replaced all of these placky radios with horrible gimbals because he had a problem with one of the planes. He'd be flying away. And it'll, you know, and then suddenly the, the throttle would just go, boop, and it dead stick it, and he and then it it moved the throttle around, and then he catch the track again, <laughs> and then the throttle would start up. Oh, I see. And, oh, and the, so there I was a dod, the dodge. It's not a signal a thing. It's, no, no, it's no. the actual gimbal. The potentiometer yeah. on the axis of the gimbal has a dead spot, and Ouch. it always found that. Yeah. Um, and of course, when he was panicking, he didn't think of that. So in the end, we, we gave him this other radio, which was Spectrum. And then he's now, he's been free sky. He's been free sky for about three, four years. I've got him on the Sharanis. Um, but, but you're right, all that buying to fly stuff. I mean, even things like the E-Flight, um, all that stuff uh, was Spectrum. I don't know if it still is. I've still got some of the little um, mm, helicopters. Absolutely, because this is why I, mean, I got Jack to put it together. But I got a, a kit to make a... DSM, well, I got a, a one of the, the cheapest Spectrum radios. Um, that's like not com- no computer, no screen on it. It's got like two switches for reverse servos or something. But it uses the same module as anything else. And there's a there was a, a module JL module bay and a kit to put this together to put that in the the bay of the Tyrannus. And that way, you can do um, you know model matching and all. all full features of spectrum that you wouldn't be able to do with like an orange module or a multi-protocol module um, at the time. Anyway, don't know if you can now, um, but I yeah, that was because there's broken. a load of bind and fly models and I quite liked the look of them. Um, I've got a few, well, there we go. But they could just, they could be really good and they could make it hopefully ideally have a simpler way so that the model memory for your radio is kind of pre-set up so you could kind of load that onto the radio as well and do the binding. Uh, mm-hmm. It could actually be really smart. There could be loads of things that you could do. Um, but, I, but yeah, none of that seems to be done at the moment. We'll see what happens with the multi-protocol yeah. stuff. But it, it just um, seems like FRSCO kind of, they, they don't want to let anyone else have any kind of access. They don't want to license out the receivers because, I mean, like the, the X series and the d8 and d16 and all that kind of stuff was all ripped off and i'm 95 percent certain none of that was licensed i can't imagine I, I, if our guys saw any of that money yeah i'm pretty confident that that was all reverse engineered too yeah allegedly um, so i can out. imagine they're a bit bitter about that but i would have thought then you switch up your business model so you make the money on the radios and you make some really really top-end radios and you get some really nice um software and support and you just kind of go with that okay our receivers are going to be ripped off that's not where we're going to make our money we're going to need to do it on the radio or like you say other features software or let's have a a database of stuff that people can upload their model to and it just downloads to your radio or, or whatever else 
You, you see, I think not gone. They're just like, ah, oh, people have ripped off our uh, radios, uh, ripped off our receivers. Oh, other people are using our radios with their protocols. So we're going to stop that from happening. So yep. now our radios are less useful. Um, and then, oh, other people are using the software that's on our radios and making other radios. And they, they seem to be kind of like, oh, people are finding uses for our hardware. Well, we must put a stop to that. And it seems to be, rather than building an ecosystem, they're actively removing all their hardware from any of these ecosystems. It seems very odd. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I'm just, I, I've done a couple of videos on the things like the jumper, the new jumper that came out and the Radio Master TX16S or whatever it is. Um, and these are quite new radios, right? So we don't know um, how they're all going to survive. And the thing that makes me laugh, and that kind of linking onto that comment that just came on the screen, is when the Tyrannus first came out, bear in mind Freesky didn't create the Tyrannus. They inherited that design from somewhere else. Um, we, you know, a lot of people got it and tried it out coming from Spectrum or Fataba or mm -hmm. high tech radios, you know, the radios that cost three times as much as, as the yep. Tyrannus did. I remember I got my first Tyrannus, um, and played with it and thought, oh, this is a bit plasticky. Um, and you, you kind of don't know where, where it's going to go, but the, but we're kind of at that same initial stage with things like the jumper and the radio master, you know, they've only just come out. We don't know how they're going to survive. Both of them have taken lots of things that have been learned over the past year and a half with the internals of things like the original T16, which were uh, problematic for a lot of pilots. Um, and people have been coming on to me and saying, Oh, you know, why, why are you talking about these radios? They're crap. They're really cheap and nasty. And you kind of go, no, hang on, hang on a minute if free sky had actually given us the radios that we as pilots have been after and had kept the infrastructure open to support all of the protocols without having to redo your radio, provide modules and upgrades and, and simple paths and support things like crossfire and all that jazz, then there wouldn't be any place in the market. Jumper would have sold a single radio. Who's going to buy a jumper radio where you can get a radio from FreeSky who's been doing it for five years and doing it really well mm -hmm. when it has all the features that you want? The reason that Jumper, in my humble opinion, and Radio Master have a market is because FreeSky, as you rightly said, are trying to be more like a Tesla or uh, an Apple or one of these other kind of monolithic proprietary systems rather than just saying, you know what? We'll give you all the tools. You and we can't wait to see what you do with it. And the really good stuff we'll implement in future versions of the product. That it's, it's, the, it's the polar opposite of that. Or it has mm. felt like that to me for the last two and a half years. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, really DJI's success has been letting the community find different things and watch what they do and go, ah, that's how people want to use it. How do we make something that fills that need and makes us loads of money? Um, yeah. Whereas FR Sky seems to be going, ah, people are using it not in the way we intended. So let's not make money out of that. Let's stop other people making money out of that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah it's, if, it's if, I, if I, if I had the radio with the same, with the same kind of, that did the same stuff as the Radio Master TX 16S, which is the one that I think I'm going to replace my Tyrannus when it eventually dies, or may he reign. Um, that, 
the, the things that really impressed me is the multi-protocol module in there support AWCST version one, and it also supports AWCST version two. My FreeSky radio can't do that. Why, why can my FreeSky radio not do that and a third-party radio that's using potentially, allegedly cloned caveat, caveat versions of the technology just knock it out? What, what, you know, it's, it's, it's little things like that that just bug me. If, if, I, if a FreeSky had a radio that did all that, that would give me access, access to access, uh, access to access, access to, or, but basically I could have almost any FreeSky receiver I wanted uh, and connect it to the radio and get it working, I'd, I wouldn't buy the Radio Master. I'd be quite happy. Yeah. But they haven't. I mean, so, the Drone Racer in the chat has said they want to be like Apple. Um, again, Apple is all about building an ecosystem that people want to be in. And that sort of the hardware follows that in a way. I think also that the, the Apple are very monolithic. They're not into working with third-party stuff. Um, that's the thing I, is they, they they can do that because they have complete vertical integration. So they, they, they do everything from the software, you know, OS. They, they, they put everything together and they make this, this monolithic ecosystem where if you're in there, it does everything you want it to do. To but, that, but that's the thing. If you're in there, you have to buy the full pack of Kool-Aid. You can't just pick bits that you like because then, you know, if, if you if you go in, you're all in, you know, you kind of mm-hmm. disappear in. And I think that's that's the thing, particularly also with D, the GGI technology, things like, you know, the HD yep. system. The HD system is, a, a you know, a, a, a technical tour de force. It took me a long time to uh, kind of get to grips with it. And now it's one of my favorite ways to fly FPV. I just wish that the DJI system played better with analog FPV. And I know you can get it to work if you're careful, but I would just like to not have to do all that buggering about. But if I want to fly uh, that, my mate has to, we have to try and then figure out and get him as far away on the legal channels as available. (laughs) So he's, he's away from all this, you know, this duplex HD data that I'm about to just throw into the air. Um, yeah. Whereas if you have all, if you and your mates are all DJI at the field, it's a piece of cake, right? Because you've got like what eight channels or six, whatever it is, wherever you are, you just all yeah. choose the channel and away you go. If you're flying with analog mates, then that becomes really complicated. And it's and it's that kind of example where if you know, for example, with the the shark bite stuff, you know, that has a very different technology that has. The way it's being designed is surprise, surprise. Fat Shark are designing the transmission technology uh, to use a narrower band, which may mean we get a slightly lower picture. You know, to be con- to be confirmed, we haven't all seen the latest version yet. But it means that in terms of the way the channels work for the uh, Shark Byte system and for the analog system, they're kind of the same. So it's easier for for two of the guys at the field to be flying HD or sharp bite and two or three other guys to be flying analog and not to step on each other. And it's things like that that's, that really illustrates the difference between those, those companies who are kind of thinking about what's already out there and trying to fit in with that ecosystem. And those, those ones that just go, well, no, we don't care about that. We'll, we'll give you the best technology and it's kind of up to you, you know, to kind of show us how you want to do it. And those are the kind of the two different camps, aren't they? But I think that's the thing is that if you, 
if you look at what people are doing with the stuff that you put out there and the, you look and you grow your ecosystem, you can get it to a point where it does cover everything that a lot of people in the ecosystem want to do. And then you can close off that ecosystem and it will yeah. support itself, which is what DJI have done. It's what Apple have done. And that, that works because once you have people in that ecosystem, then you can close the doors and they can be locked in there, but they're happy to be in there because it does everything they want it to do. What FR Sky are doing is going, people like moving uh, stuff in with lots of other things. We're going to stop that from happening, which is, it's not building an ecosystem. That's just making your stuff useless. Um, which, I mean, it's not useless. It's It's still very good. It does lots of things, but... It's it's not what people bought into it for. No, and it's not what it's not what people want. If it was what people want, Jumper and Radio Master wouldn't have even had a look in. Exactly. So QED. you know, Q, Q, yeah, exactly. Don't mic drop. That's what you get for having your first business model the same as printers. Sell the printer cheap and the ink high, and it never works. Uh, well, I don't know. Gillette's done all right out of it. HP oh. are doing all right. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Jack. No, stop pissing on my parade. <laughs> yes, you're right, Jack. That's absolutely right. That's the way it works. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to not talking now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> this episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. I've been I've been chatting to I've been chatting to Clint. Um uh he's he was asking about that. So you know the 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 little uh is it like transit uh transistor that uh allows the telemetry in the QX seven or whatever it is. Oh, the inverter. There's a, the inverter mod that you get in the board, which is a little yeah. um, fingernail-sized thing. In fact, I've got one over here. I don't need to get it. But yeah, yeah. yeah that, so that they tend to come in the Crossfire kit, and it's uh, the invert. It, it's a bit of a bugger to fit. And someone was saying in the in the chat before that apparently the X10 have changed the way the board layout is, so it's even trickier to do it. It just uh, oh, little buggers. <sighs> That, yeah, it's just why, 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 why do that? Have um, you seen Peter Marshall's? Like he sent me over the video for the um, doing the the mod to the Horus, the Horus X10 access upgrade kit, and it does it does literally involve like getting the old hot air out and the, you know you might be able to do it with an iron, but that is pretty pretty mean. Um, he also asked another question as well, is why can't they create an access module for the JR bay, especially for radios that support the full-speed inverter? That's a really good question. I, I did speak to FreeSky about can we have a radio that supports everything, going back to my point before about your competition's doing it. Um, and their their answer was very much that, you know, you buy the, the buy the radio that supports access, and then if you want some of the legacy protocols, you 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 buy that module and put that in the JR bay. So they're kind of looking at it the other way around. But then that's that's another illustration of what we're talking about is rather than them talk about let's support 
the existing investment you've got, they're saying, no, 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 all you do is you buy a new radio that supports the new protocol, and then if you need to, you can, you know, you can fit something that will give you these legacy functions. Um, I, I, I would expect at some point somebody is going to either free sky or somebody else is going to figure it out <laughs> and there will be an access version and then free sky will, will have to come up with something else to try and make us buy the radios. But I, I, I just want free sky, just free sky, just make, make the radio that we all want and stop buggering about and work with open TX to make open TX simpler to use for pilots that don't have a programming background. Because the other the other problem we've got with with the free sky radios and a lot of others now, if you look at things like the Tango Two from TBS, the Jumper, the Radio Master, all of them are jumping on the OpenTX OpenTX bandwagon, which is brilliant because OpenTX is an amazing, powerful, comprehensive operating system for your radio, but it is incredibly difficult if you want to do anything apart from really basic stuff. I spent an entire hour yesterday talking to a patreon to do something very basic and set up a flying wing but his head had literally start exploded his brain was dribbling out of his ears and it's <laughs> something on something, it, it was it was elevon mixing with a stabilizer is actually what it was um but on a spectrum radio and things like that and fataba going back to those other radios stuff like that's easy to set up if, you know, I've been saying to OpenTX uh, and the guys for a long time, create, you know, you can have these Lua scripts that sit on top that, that run as like a pro, uh, like a program and they like can be semi kind of Yeah, the, the wizard is, is, is a Lua script. Great example. Why don't you just make a really massive wizard that is the interface that makes it look like a Spectrum or a Fataba radio? Uh, so that has very simple things. Make the wizards half decent. At the moment, with the wizard, un- unless someone can tell me wrong, because I don't use the wizards, uh, I haven't for about six months because I just get I just get annoyed. Is when you go and set up a multi a multi rotor model, why doesn't it set you up the multi rotor model with the four main controls plus a mode switch plus an arming switch? It doesn't. It just. Last time I did it, it gave you the four, you know, throttle, alon, elevator, rudder, or whatever order you've got them in. It's kind of like, hang on a minute, we've had arming switches and we've had three position mode switches for about five years. Well, since multi-Wii, actually, no, multi-Wii was still arming. But since clean flight, probably, so what's that, four years ago? Why, why can't we have... A, 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 an abstracted, simplified interface to OpenTX, because that would really lower the entry bar for a lot of pilots who buy these radios because they see people like us using them on YouTube. And then they go to set up their first model and they're knackered. They're trying to follow the, the video that's for a slightly older version of OpenTX. You know, there's four places that they can reverse the channel. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. There's at least three three different ways you can do dual rates. So so it's kind of like and, and everybody's video is slightly different, right? So people will be doing dual rates in the input and the mid, and it's just how do you do? It? It's just like no no no, just make it really easy. Say, do you want to set up a multi rotor? Is it going to be for beta flight? Do you want an arming switch? Do you want a mode switch? You know, flick the one you want. Right, done, go. Now now I'm going to put it into bind. When when the radio starts beeping, press the bind button and apply power to your model. Make sure your props are on. Why can't it just do that and step you through? Well, I mean, the, so the next easy. thing would be to get you know bi-directional protocols 
to for the flight controller to discuss with your radio what needs to happen and it just maps everything just you don't even need to tell it like channels and things and it just goes there you go Done. I love that. I love that idea. Yeah, having beta flight or something pumped down via smart port what the settings are to auto configure the channel order and uh, to, to automatically get the middle value channel values to 1500. Oh, that tell you what, people would buy it just for that. Going, yeah. Mikey Dredd's just said, Mikey Dredd said, painless, you'll be out of a job without <laughs> having to teach everyone how to navigate OMTX. Mate, if I never had to make another OMTX video, I would be over the moon. There's about 300 on the channel. I have done it to death and I'm now revisiting topics because the way that the, uh, the wonderful YouTube algorithm works <laughs> is oh, that is slave it, to the algorithm. Oh, slave to the algorithm. So, so the way it works is that if you go on and you search for dual rates, OMTX, the, my video that's got 70,000 views or whatever it was, that's about eight years old that, you know, still relevant, uh, won't get picked up. It'll be something else. So I'm revisiting some of those topics because the problem is, is that, uh, there isn't one way to do a thing on open TX and it, it is very much like, uh, when you're learning the system and this is the other problem that you have, you have somebody who jumps in my open TX mix school at like 0.27 where we're really in the weeds about talking about special functions and loads of really technical crap in order to make the radio do something funky. And at the beginning I say, okay, don't start here. Start at the top, (laughs) right? And work your way. Nobody ever does. And they get, and they watch it and go, can't make it work. And you go, okay, right. Where are you getting stuck? Oh, I'm getting stuck in this and this bit. And what it is is because, you know, they're, they're trying to win the formula one, uh, race at, you know, where where Monte Carlo and they've never driven before. And it's like, well, guess what? You know, the, 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 you can't do that in one video. And it, and OMTX, this is this kind of illustrates my point really. OMTX has has too steep a learning curve for so many people. It should be simpler. But everyone just thinks that the Painless 360 video is like plugging into the Matrix, and you know, you just like they just download, and then you know what you're doing, and you can fly <laughs> the Apache. Move to Vimeo, make YouTube video saying, "Hey, this is what you want to do." There's my Vimeo link. You go to Vimeo, and what happens is that you make that recording, and then somewhere random in the middle of it, you give the password to the next <laughs> the next <Right>. video. <laughs> so you have to watch through most of it. So and like, so like the, the, the crystal maze, but for YouTube yeah. videos. Yeah. So, so now you've done that and you've assigned a channel order and this is how you've reversed your servos. And then now we're going to look at <laughs> adjusting your endpoints. So the next video, the password is sausage. And then yeah. carry on. <laughs> da, 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 you can da. do it on YouTube. You just have in like the top, top right-hand corner, you just have a little letter that just changes every few seconds. And if you write them all down, that's that's the code for the, the YouTube URL for the next video. And you yeah, have, to, you have to watch the whole thing to, to be able to find the link for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely would. Uh, there's some really good questions and comments about OpenCX templates. I think that would be another good idea is, for, is to have the available download them. I've shared them in the past, and you need to be careful because... Although the basic principles are the same, you cannot just take the same template from someone else's radio with the same, even if they have the same model, the same motor, same servos and everything, put it on another radio and expect it to work flawlessly. 
couple of reasons. One is things like servo centering might be different on that other model. So you're still going to have to trim it and set those up. You're also going to have to make sure that the model is mechanically well set up, servos at 90 degrees, all that jazz. And things like the, the amount of throw on the control surfaces and where the controls are actually connected up, along with things like Expo, are very, very specific to the pilot. So, so even, even though you have those stuff, it only is going to get you 70% of the way. Speaking about OpenTX, hang on, let me show you. I, t I talked about this last week. Ooh. Ooh. So Ethics we're going to... Holding up. So it's not allowed it, near those. No, no. It gets told off, it gets shouted at. I'm a bit worried about it as well. So uh, for those of you that, that have watched my channel for a long time, you'll know that I started with a little bit of fixed wing and then got into helicopters, then multi-rotors. Um, and helicopters were one of those things that I loved but were just too tricky to fly and uh then this thing's come along it's an Ishin product but the but these seem to be one of the things that Ishin do quite well but this has got it's a fly barless unit full metal head with the exception of a couple of links comes with a radio and i'm desperate to try it out but the thing is i want to bind it to an open tx radio because loads of people have been on to me saying, how do you set up things like mm. this? The, and what this is, this is a, this is a fly barless unit. So what this is, this is basically a flight controller for a helicopter, a very simple stabilizer. And they are uh, incredibly complicated to set up because you have to set the radio with different curves for pitch and um, rotor head speeds, things like angle up and all that jazz. Um, and Gyroscopic effects, that's the oh, thing. Gyroscopic precession. Yeah, that's what we want to get. We're not getting you into that. Pitch that left to right, not and you do your roll front to back and stuff. But in the old days, it was easy because you had something called a swash mix on your radio, and the radio did all the clever stuff for you. Because what there is is there's actually three little servos that move something called the swash plate, which is actually underneath the rotor blades. So what you do is you actually fly the swash plate. And the swash plate adjusts the, the dynamically adjust the pitch of the rotor plate. It's all really clever stuff. And in the old days, you had a, some kind of fly bar, and it, it was really hard work to get it all set up. And this thing is—it's really—it's only like 160 quid or something with the radio. Uh, and the, I can't, I can't wait to try open, it. There is that page in OpenTX, isn't there? There's like the one that you always skip over. Uh, Numskull FPV was asking how much how much that is that Ishin Heli. If you go and search on Banggood for E160, it'll give you the current price. Uh, it's not expensive. Um, the the kind of technology that was in this was the stuff that, as I was coming out of Helis, was uh, you know things like the K. Well, the K, this is a this is a clone version to price price. I don't think the K bars made anymore. But all the fly, the fly barless units for things like the Align helis and stuff that I used to, it was all the, the new edge stuff. But apparently this has this has like you know like a self level and things like that. So I can't wait to fly it because I want to see how how easy it is now to go back after being spoilt with multi rotors <laughs> back to, back to a stabilized helicopter. Is it going to be a helicopter that just wants to kill you like the old ones did? Or is it going to be a helicopter that's kind of like got good manners and kind of can tie its own laces 
and you know has, has had its riddle in this morning which which version am i going to get and i honestly don't know and i can't wait to try it out so it's either going to be a really short video where it just destroys itself or um it's going to be about three videos where i try it out and then i have to figure out the channel order because of course the other thing is is that it comes with its own radio the radio is like those plasticky ones that I was talking about that my mate had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, eh. So, of course, I, I'm, I'm going to want to put my own little receiver in it because it's got an S-Bus port. But then I was on to um, the Esheen guys and said, okay, so what's my channel order? And they're like, what? I'm like, what the, what's the channel order? Um, what do you mean? It's in, it's in the manual. No, it's not in the manual. Does it, you know... I'd, Throttle Alon elevator rudder, which modes operate this, you know, the the different because you've got like a six a, a six axis and three axis. I think I've got it figured out. But again, that could end in disaster. I'm gonna have to make sure the blades are off this when I try all this stuff. Because mm. if I get it the wrong way around, it's gonna take all the Artex off my ceiling before I can <laughs> throttle off or figure out what control should be throttled. Tie yeah, down. Uh, someone in the in the chat was saying so this was a uh, Tom Stanton's been working on this. Um, uh, wow. You got a question as well. Swash plate, swash plateless heli. Um, it's been working on for a while. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video of this. So he's um, so it was out of a research project that was put up on YouTube a few years ago. But he's just made his own version, right? It's kind of a bit more accessible. Um, where they've got uh, it's got a, a magnet and a um, sort of magnet sensor to do position sensing of, of the motor hub. And then okay, got, so it's kind of index the yeah. yeah. And then a three D printed hub that's got two hinges in that go that. So not not both going in, but one's going in, one's going out. Apologies for those re-listening on audio. Frank is doing all this with his hands. It's really, <laughs> yep. really good. You should have watched live. Yeah. And uh, then the, the blades coming out from those two hinged, hinged bits. Yeah. And so as the motor speeds up, one on one side will increase its pitch and the other one will decrease its pitch. And as it slows down, they'll swap over so they'll go the other way. So it will Whoa. increase and decrease its speed as it's turning so that on the left-hand side, it's always going to be higher pitch. So then it'll tilt over to the right, for example. Yeah. Um, and he's got that working and dialed out the gyroscopic precession and all that kind of thing. Right. I'm going to have to watch that. You see, you see occasionally in the hobby, when the multi-rotor side, we get really annoyed about the fact that we've got, you know, all these different ESC protocols and different size motors and stuff. Uh, but we have fixed blades. We have none of this shenanigans that we need to worry about or the fact that one blade might be half a degree out uh, for the other blade so that mm-hmm. it actually rides higher and produces more lift. The helicopter stuff is just a pain in the arse. Uh, yeah. But when it works, it is quite fabulous. But I just love it because, you know, the thing we, we're always so proud of with quads is like, ah, it's only got four moving parts. It's only got the four stators. And that's that's the, the mechanical complexity of this. And then Tom Stanton has just built this helicopter that has a single moving part, essentially. So yeah. I've got the one rotor and that's it. There's no servos, no swash plate, no flyby, no, no, none of this. It's just two propellers 
and some very clever electronics. Clever code more than anything, I guess. Uh, well, Tom is a bit of a genius. Who size he on, that bloody Tom? <laughs> Who size he on? Now, what I've just noticed, we've already nearly been going for an hour. Um, and none of us have got, any, got anywhere near our list. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, thank you, everyone that's I asking the questions. One of the things. No, you haven't done a single one. You haven't got a word in edgeways tonight, mate. Sorry. And there's only three of us on. Um, one of the things we were talking about before we started the stream tonight, and something that has been in the chat, is uh, an opportunity um, to become part of the Let's Drone Out. Uh, podcast slash Thursday night extravaganza. Um, Frank, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Because you, you you put it out on social media and you've had a couple of replies, but I know quite a few people I've seen in the chat going through who, who are very uh, eloquent chaps and who actually know how to talk about yeah. the hobby in a positive way. So uh, a while ago, we had a, a, a night where we had a, a few people on and kind of shared the link out and got some people from the chat to come and join us and gave them three strikes and then kicked them off. And uh, that was quite fun. But we, we thought we'd kind of expand that out a, bit, a little bit more. Um, and so what we're going to start off by doing is um, Tony is going to organize this because he offered. So he's going to organize this. Um, is well, to... actually doing something, Tony. <laughs> so yes all, all messages to tony so work out his socials afterwards um uh to have the we're gonna have aim to have i mean timing's not a strong point but aim to have the last 10 minutes uh of each show have someone from the community in and just kind of get them on the show and talking about what they've done and and just kind of have another add another little voice and then you know maybe we'll kind of uh go from there and and see who we can kind of involve in a bit more uh, but yeah i think it'll be uh, an interesting thing to kind of have a bit more you know we've always been about the community really um so to kind of get more of your voices rather than just us giving out same complaints every week <laughs> I mean, I, for me i would love to have uh, uh different people on the show as well because every time i speak to another pilot i always learn something uh whether it's one of their funny stories you know what happened at the field something they've tried um you know no one person knows everything about the hobby and so it, it's always good fun and a lot of us i mean we talked about this last time a lot of us have been missing out on that social aspect of being down the field or going out with your mates somewhere getting the quads out and just ripping around and just having a nice time and having all those funny things and stories um and it would be kind of you know i would i would love to watch that as a viewer of ldo um people coming on and kind of sharing that other stuff you know, so for example, you know, for me, I was flying on Monday with a mate of mine. He was maintaining his brand new smart INAV powered thing that I built for him. And we uh, made the classic mistake. We put, we did that thing where he, he uh, we needed a 2200 3S pack for it. He handed me one that was charged. It was puffed. It's quite badly puffed. So I said to him, oh, mate, let's not use this one. Have you got a proper one? This needs binning. And he was like, oh, no, we're only going to fly it for five minutes. 
you're way ahead of me already, everybody. <laughs> um, and, and we ended up trogging out in the middle of a field. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my, my, my trainers were full of soil. Um, but the, luckily it was on Monday, so everywhere was dry. But we used the RSSI trick on the radio, you know, because luckily mm-hmm. the battery was still connected. And we eventually found it. But it was just one of those... You know, occasionally you do something and something goes wrong and you kind of go, oh, my God, I knew that was going to happen. Why why didn't I, you know, kind of go, you know what, mate? No, I'm not going to use that. Or, you know what, mate? We are going to take the prop off before Mm. I power it up. You know, all those daft things. Because every time I, I hear one of those, it just reinforces that kind of, don't be a dumbass. And if I'm at the field, there's a chance I might not make that same mistake next time. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, if my mate hands me a puffed lipo to just do a quick a quick flight, um, I'm just going to hand it to him straight back and just go, no, mate, I'm not risking your model for the sake of uh, 10 minutes to charge another pack. You should bring yourself some side cutters and just cut, cut one of the cables <laughs> off it. <laughs> you know, I, I actually went, I, joking aside, I actually then went through every single one of his batteries and found six of the 2200s were badly puffed. And so I was talking to him and I said, this doesn't make sense um, why they're all puffed. And I was saying, so what do you do with the batteries when you finish flying? And he said, oh, well, you know what, I, do? I fully charged them and then I put them on the shelf ready for when I want to fly next. <laughs> and I went, right, okay, I found the problem. <laughs> and he went, why? I said, you put the weight storage charge. He's like, well, what if I want to, if I get like 15 minutes, I want to come down here and, you know, slap a battery in. I was like, yeah, but these are all, these batteries are all junk now because you put them on the shelf and maybe not use them for eight months fully charged and it just completely knackers them. Really but think, even things inside. like that, yeah. you know, some pilots I'm sure who've never been told that, you, ha- you know, that when you put a battery away, you're not going to be flying it. You put it storage charge. Lots of people might not even know stuff like that. And it's cool stuff like that. I'd love to see more people, uh, different people on here. So if you, so uh, what are you going to do? Post the, the link for Tony in the show notes or something. Give, give out his phone number. Uh, <laughs> what was, what was I going to say? Do you remember that old fable of, you know, when you're not using your batteries over the winter, put them in the freezer. Is that I remember reading that? that. Yeah. Oh my God. Surely that is that. stupid. Quick, quick update on the regulations. Uh, there's been a new exemption put out um, so that the members of associations who have done the t- online test or had the A certs or B certs from FPV UK or BMFA or LMA or any of the others, um, those are valid through at least till the end of this year. So you don't need to worry about doing the test on the CAA ones if you've got one of those achievement scheme or uh, competency certificates from one of the associations. But so far, there has not been an exemption from the end of this month to the end of this year for putting your operator ID on your models before you fly them. Ah, So at the moment, come... July, you would have to put your operator ID on your model, even though you don't need to sit a CAA test. You can just use your ASAT or your BSAT or your RCC or your FPV UK ASAT or any of the others, and you've got your numbers through them, you can put those numbers on. But we'll see what happens next week. Because there's some meetings happening. 
Right. Okay. So, so, so the bottom line is, if you haven't already gone through the process and paid you nine pounds and and done all that crap to register and then got your operator ID, uh, on as it stands right now, uh, you it you can't you cannot fly because you need your operator ID on your model in order to comply with the regs. But that might change next week. Yes. At the moment. Gosh, this is July would mean you'd need your operator ID on your models, but there's some meetings happening over the next few days, including the weekend, because <laughs> reasons uh, that mean that maybe there will be an announcement next Monday, maybe, and maybe there'll be another exemption because more paperwork is better. Um, but we'll see. Maybe there won't be. Maybe they'll say, actually, no, you need to get on board and start using your IDs. But who knows? <sighs> right. Okay. So t- tune in next week where we'll find out whether or not uh, they're going to continue to waste taxpayers' money and everybody's time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So don't don't pay the £9 yet. And don't forget, you only need to register to fl- before you fly. I yeah. have got a... Laser engraver, and Ooh. I will be offering a dyslexic server service. <laughs> um, I will, uh, I will to the the one millimeter spec or whatever it is minimum engrave your operator ID, and it may not be in the right order. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but I am not responsible for that. Uh, so just so you know. There is a service available. Uh, I th- yeah, I, I think uh, I'm just going to wait and see what um, Uncle Frank says next week. I'll be tuning yeah. in for the update. So thank, thanks for keeping see. us up to date with all that, Frank. I know it's it's not something I really want to know about, but uh, uh, you know, at least if I'm in possession of the facts, I can make an informed choice. In all honesty, yeah. I wouldn't have read this one out, apart from the fact that it's been posted by BMFA and it's... It looked on my first impulse. I was like, oh, this is just extending the exemption that we've already had to basically ignore all the regulations. And I was like, oh, yes, finally, they've extended that to the end of the year. But it's not yet. It's only part of the regulations. So uh, looking back at my notes, because I can't remember exactly which one's which. So this one covers Article 94F, but doesn't cover Article 94D. (sighs) There we go. Good. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, on that I, note, I, I was going to say I'm de- I'm depressed now. I, I, <laughs> I, I, hate, I hate to finish it here, but I've just noticed we have been we've been going for the over the hour. Yeah. Uh, do we. Yeah. Okay. No worries. Uh, so get in touch with Tony. Tony, putting a way to get in touch with you. Um. Are police going to see your ID? I doubt it. Whatever. Uh, thank you. You've been listening to Let's Drone Out. Thanks to everyone who's chatted in the in the chat and left messages and everyone who's donated. Big shout out to our Patreons. We love you all. Um, we've been joined by Andrew slash Frank. Bye. Paying the 360. Good night. I'll be bright until I fly. And thank you and good night. There should be a link in the description for the Discord. You can contact Tony there. Tony doesn't know how to use Discord. We'll convince him yet. (laughs) Telemetry lost.